to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com, on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson Cohen, and this week I spoke with Emmett Williams, who's the president and partner at MyZone. And MyZone is a company that is built around goals. They help health clubs and boutique fitness studios create leaderboards, and share metrics with the people who sweat within their four walls. But not only is MyZone empowering the businesses that they work with to uh, showcase goals in their clubs, they are built on goals. As you hear Emmett speak throughout this interview, it is truly a masterclass on goals. I was honestly kind of struck with my luck (laughs) for having the interview because he was so versed and excited about goal setting in general. Um, And as a nerd about goals, I do appreciate another nerd about goals. And in the very room where we were sitting chatting about goals, uh, across from me, I noticed as he gestured towards it, a diagram, which was actually my zone's flowchart for strategy. And at its core, it's flowchart for goal setting. I'll share a version of that in the post accompanying this episode today, but it is a true treat to hear Emmett talk through it himself. Uh, But one thing that truly made this interview special for me was also hearing how Emmett takes his love of goal setting home with him and how he and his wife empower their children to use goals, not just to accomplish things. like sports and and academic achievements, but also how they use goal setting to raise kind and generous children. Um, You'll hear Emmett speaking specifically through what he terms girl drama. And as a girl who was a teenager once, I totally understand what he means. Uh, And he, he talked through how he and his wife use goal setting to monitor those situations and ensure that they're preparing their kids with the tools to be kind and empathetic uh, as they encounter troubles and tribulations throughout life while still keeping their eye on the ball and and achieving things. I hope you enjoy this interview with Emmett Williams uh, as much as I enjoyed conducting it. Let's go. Here I sit, I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. This is Gina Anderson Cohen from AsweatLife.com, and I'm here with Emmett Williams, but he says his name, Emmett, uh, (laughs) of MyZone. Emmett, tell us about MyZone and what we're talking about today. Well, Gina, thanks for having me, first of all. Really, really appreciate it. Um, uh, I'm from Australia. I came out to the States in 2011 and was part of the founding team that incorporated MyZone. Um, So we've been going for eight years now. I lived in Chicago for five years. Now I'm out on the West Coast in uh, in Laguna Beach, California. Um, And MyZone is a wearable tracking platform in the fitness industry. And our purpose is to make people feel good about exercise. So where can listeners find MyZones today? Well, we're in 6,000 clubs around the world. If you go to our website, you'll be able to find out a lot more about MyZone. Um, But look, two-thirds of our market is in the US and a third of the market is outside the US. Um, uh, uh, We're translated into over 60 languages um, and uh, we are expanding into Western Europe as we speak. We're just about to open an office in Germany. Were you always interested in fitness? Where did this love for tracking and making fitness fun come from? 
Yeah, well, look, the, um, the founding group are all from the fitness industry. So what we are not is we're not technologists who have developed a product and then parachuted into a marketplace just to try and monetize that product. We, we come from the fitness industry. Um, my history is that I uh, own a marketing company that helps gyms uh, with their sales and marketing. And from that perspective, really understood the mechanics of, of attraction. Um, I also had a small chain of gyms in Australia. So I understood the mechanics of opening a gym, attracting members, attracting staff, retaining members, retaining staff, so on and so forth. And I also have a background in being an equipment distributor. So um, for some time there in Australia, I was importing Star Trek Woodway and Hoist Equipment. Um, so again, understand it from the CapEx side of, of things. Um, and it was that perspective that, that gave uh, me and also our, our, my partners the, um, the domain expertise, I, I guess you would call it, around the fitness industry to understand what the challenges were, where the problems were, and therefore what problems to solve. And what was, what was the problem that was most nagging to you when you decided to make the leap from the marketing company that you were a part of um, to MyZone? Yeah, it was the problem that we all struggle with, which is retention, or if you, you fold that back, member engagement. Um, you know, the way I look at it is that if you line up um, all the members in the world um, from the most motivated to the least motivated on a, a, a long straight line, the first quartile are intrinsically motivated, right? That first 25% there, uh, they enjoy the process of exercise. Um, if they move town tomorrow, they would join a gym before they put their kids into elementary school, right? It would be that high on their priority list. If you go to the bottom quartile, they're 100% extrinsically motivated. Their head says, look, I need to exercise, but their heart is not with them. They're the people who in January will join a gym because it was part of their goals, but by Valentine's Day and well, certainly St. Patrick's Day, they've given up, right? And then the two quartiles in the middle, they yo-yo between the two. You know, sometimes they enjoy it, sometimes they're, 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 they don't. And because of this dynamic, um, we, we suffer attrition and, and a severe attrition uh, metric in the industry. And that's the problem that we were trying to solve. Why is it that um, uh, people are quitting? Um, we, we really peeled it back to, okay, they're quitting because they're not getting results. All right, we can all accept that. If they're getting results, they'd be motivated. Why aren't they getting results? Well, they're not sticking to a routine. If they just stuck to the routine and, and went to the gym three, four, five times a week, they'd get their results, but they don't do that. Why don't they stick to it? Well, it's a chore for a lot of these people, particularly that fourth uh, uh, quartile. Okay, so how can we help them sustain a routine? Well, we've got to have them enjoy it. We've got to have them feel good. We've got to release dopamine in their brain. Um, and, and, and so that this, uh, this behavior becomes a habit um, that when they're triggered, they, they run the behavior again. Um, and that's really where it came from. That was the problem and the solve for it was, was to reward behaviors. And when we looked at other wearables um, in the space. And, and back in 2011, wearables were not a household name. You know, you had Polar and Garmin on, on, on one side with, with heart rate tracking, and then you had Fitbit who were um, uh, becoming more well-known at that point on the other side, but neither products really fitted the gym community and we could see that. So we built a product that, that would fit. So which quartile do you personally fit into as an exerciser? Yeah, look, I would fit into the, the second quartile. I'm, I'm fairly intrinsically motivated, but there are times when I don't enjoy the process and it does become a little bit chorish. And that's where goal setting and progress to goal and other people watching you, that's where that becomes so important because it catches you when you're on a dip. 
So it's, it's fascinating that goal setting comes up because this podcast is in fact about goals and yeah. goal setting is important to you both as a company culture yeah. um, and just as a company that's helping people to set big goals. So let's jump in. Um, yeah. Talk to me about a big goal that you set and accomplished uh, and why it was important to you. Yeah, well, my zone is, is the case in point. So let's switch away from the product and look at the business. Our BHAG from day one has been to make 100 million people feel good about exercise, right? Last year, we hit our first milestone, which was 1 million users. And, you know, we celebrated once we hit uh, 1 million, it was in July of, of last year, um, and now we're on the march to the, to the next milestone. The, you know, when we look at the BHAG of, of 100 million, it's just a goal. It's not the purpose. Our purpose is, is to make our community feel good about exercise. The BHAG was 100 million. The, uh, the, the first milestone was 1 million, but then below that was the strategy and, and how we get there. And so what, what did it feel like to be in 1 million people's hearts and homes and exercise routines? It felt great because, you know, when, when you're a startup, you're busy burning cash, um, you're busy trying to work out product market fit, um, you're falling over all the time, um, and you're dealing with ugly metrics like attrition or churn and, uh, and these type of things, and, and you're forever beating yourself up on the negative metrics because you're trying to improve your product. Uh, and, and so when you get to a milestone like a million users, yeah, it, it's that sense of achievement, that sense of, uh, of hey, what we we're doing matters. Um, it's got traction and it, it motivates you to want to go to the next level. And so you're not doing it by yourself. You've got a team there. I can see them through the conference room window where we're sitting at my zone. This is HQ, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, you live in Australia. HQ is in Chicago. Well, okay. So I live in California oh. now. Yeah. But I, I moved out from Australia Sorry. eight years ago. Yeah. I put, I put you in Australia forever. I'm like, he's in Australia. This yeah. <laughs> you know why? Because when we emailed most recently, I was in you Australia. Okay, yes. Okay. Yes. For the listener, I wasn't crazy. Mm -hmm. You live in California. That, that doesn't mean you weren't crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all crazy. Yeah. You live in California. Yeah. HQ is in Chicago. Um, well, yeah, well, you know what? We're actually, because it's it's a global company, we're, we're really spread. Um, we've got offices in England where all our programmers are, but also sales and marketing uh, resources. We've got a Chicago office here, which is the biggest office where we've got um, sales, marketing, uh, support, and account management. Then we've got an office out in California where a few of us are based. Then we've got another sales, marketing and support office in Australia. So we're really you know, um, split. And the way we overcome that, yes, with technology and everything from Slack to email to WhatsApp to video conferencing and, and all that good stuff. Um, but what we're doing next week, in fact, is we're all meeting in England. When I say all, the executive team is meeting in England. There's, there's 12 people on the team. And we make a habit of doing that. We, the last time we did it was in um, uh, Vegas back in January. And the reason we make a habit of doing this every six months is just to get that face time and to, you know, to your point about goal setting, to um, look at our goals and to review them and to grade them and then to reset them and then to, to go back at it again. So I talked about all of that, all of that global spread, um, places where you are to get to this. Um, you've built a, a pretty big team along the way to help you get to a million users. Um, so between building a team, selling these devices in, into different gyms and studios and consumers, what has been the biggest challenge along the way to get to 1 million users? Yeah, I suppose the biggest challenge to break it into two, first of all, you've got product market fit then you've got go-to-market fit, right? And so if the goal 
So the BHAG is 100 million. The first goal was was 1 million. Then the strategy under that is, okay, what set of activities are you going to have worked together cohesively to help you achieve that? And I think the word cohesively is, is, is the salient point here, that it's not just one activity. It's like an orchestra of activity. And to get that outcome from the orchestra, you need to call on all the different instruments. And sometimes it's the woodwind, sometimes it's the percussion and it's loud and it's soft and whatnot, as you compose that, you create the outcome of music. No different being a business operator. You've got to ask yourself the question, what initiatives do we need to start doing? What do we need to stop doing? What do we need to keep doing? And that's dynamic. That's forever changing. And we have a process here at MyZone where we, we sit down and the executive team come up with their goals for the quarter. From there, we boil it down to what we call the vital few. Um, other companies, um, I know, will refer to these as your rocks. We, we call them vital few. And that's three to five things that each executive is responsible for. Um, and at the end of the quarter, they will use the traffic light system of, of red, yellow and green to rate how that vital few actually went. Then we'll discuss what we should start, stop and keep doing. Then we'll set the vital few for the next quarter and off we go again. And the reason we do that and the reason we come together to set these vital activities is so that we are working together cohesively and that they all mix together into one orchestra to get that outcome. Now, when the executives go back to the office, they've got their divisional teams under them. And in just uh, in about three or four hours from now, the Chicago office will be standing up just outside this office here, and all the functions will be going through their monthly SSK, start, stop, keep doing. So based on the executive's vital few, they will sit there. So it might be the sales department, it might be account management, it might be support, um, it might be administration. They will have 10 minutes and about four or five slides on a, on a slide deck, and they will say, based on the big goal of this and based on my divisional goal of that, we, next month, going into the month of June, are going to start doing this, stop doing that, and keep doing this. And that is the way we mesh the big goal into the, the orchestra of activity, which is the strategy, into the tactics and the to-do list right at the front line, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. When you're setting those big goals every six months yep. um, with your executive team, does everyone agree? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. And I think that is, that's a really good point, right? So you don't want them to agree, of course. Um, the, but in order to get that disagreement, first of all, you need to have a, a layer of trust, right? You need the, the team to trust each other and to feel comfortable um, moving to the next level of conflict, healthy conflict, where you're pushing back on, on ideas. Um, you're almost red teaming um, the, the initiative. It's like, okay, Gina, you think that we should run that way. Um, I see it from a different perspective, and, and I've got some data points as to why I see it from a different perspective. Let's have that conversation. Let's debate that out. But once you've had the debate, that's when you all have to agree that, you know what, we've thrashed it out. The debate has been won and lost. We've decided to go left and not right on this. So now let's all commit and, and get behind it. And I think it was Andy Groves from, from Intel that, that made um, the, uh, the, the adage um, the famous, which is disagree and commit, right? And there was someone else, I forget who it was, that, that said, hey, business is really about democracy and dictatorship, mm -hmm. right? And, and so they, they're both saying the same thing, that, hey, everyone needs to be heard. Everyone needs to um, share their opinion. In fact, if they don't share their opinion, they're stealing from the company. 
because they're, they're, they're part of the team, they have a perspective, they may see a blind spot that I have, right, because they've got a different perspective of it, and I haven't seen the data points behind it. So if they keep those data points to themselves whilst we're making this decision and they don't share it, they're stealing from the company, right? And that's a very harsh way of looking at it. But that, you know, a lot of the time I'll explain it like that so that they don't feel as if, you know what, I don't want to ruffle feathers here um, because, uh, you know, I don't want to upset the boss. He's pretty sure that we have to go left. And I think we need to go right, but I won't upset him here. No, 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 please do, because um, we need all the information possible. We need to debate it. Um, and then when we make a decision, let's commit to it. Then let's keep each other accountable to it. That's how we get results. I think the commit is the most important part for sure, because yeah. it, once you've sort of hashed things out as a team, if there's one person sort of harboring that, I think we should go left. Um, that, that's a tough thing to deal with ongoing. Um, have you ever dealt with that? You know what? Yeah, and, and it's called undermining, isn't it? <laughs> and, and if you don't listen to, to people and you don't let them uh, uh, argue their, their case, yeah, they naturally, and, and I think in psychology, it's called reactance. And, and that is where, um, you know, if you're told what to do as a child, that's where you fold your arms and you just refuse to do it. Adults do it as well. They just do it in a different way. Um, so it's, it's absolutely critical that you let everyone... Um, speak and, and put their argument together. Um, a lot of the time I'll walk into a room when we're about to make a decision and I'll say, guys, I'm so pumped up about this initiative. It's going to cost X dollars. I can absolutely see the vision of how it will work, but I'm so pumped up and I'm so convinced it's going to work, I scare myself, right? I'm going to go and do a coffee run right now. What, you know, what's the coffee order type of thing? I'm off to Starbucks. I'll be back in 10 minutes. When I get back, can you just go to that whiteboard? Can you have a list of reasons why we should not do this, right? That's the project. Um, I, I alluded to it before, it's called red teaming, the Pentagon call it uh, the murder board. This is where um, uh, experienced generals will sit in a room before the Pentagon make the call that, hey, we're gonna go into battle here, and they will argue the case as to why you should not go into battle. Mm -hmm. Um, the, uh, you know, in IT, um, there'll be hacking teams that will try and hack into your system and they will play the red team. And the better the red team, um, the better the blue team need to be. And, and they make each other better, right? And, and so you're, um, you're wargaming it. And, and private equity firms do it before they invest in companies and, and we do it as well. I think that's a really good way of allowing others to... Um, to say their, their piece. Now, I don't do this, but I do have colleagues on um, a peer group that I sit on that they once, and I only learnt this recently, and I think it's a pretty cool idea, once they've threshed out a big issue and they've heard everyone's opinion and the boss, whoever that may be, comes out and says, right, it's now time to make a decision and based on everything that you've argued, the decision is we're going left, not right, um, they then... Um, put this down on a one-pager uh, one that gets saved in Dropbox, but they all sign it. Mm. And they all sign their name on it going, I am committing to this here. And by doing it, it's the law of commitment. When you commit to something publicly, you are much more likely to follow through on it than if you don't commit to it publicly. And so when that, um, I don't know, head of marketing will leave the executive meeting and heads back to the marketing department, they've now committed to it. Mm -hmm. They might have disagreed with it, but they're on board with it and then their team, um, 
you know, feel like the executive team are one team and, and hey, we're all going that way. Because, look, if you don't agree and half of you or just a portion of you want to go right because you don't understand the vision of going left and, and then you start undermining, well, of course it's, it's going to fail. And then you're going to turn around and say, well, I told you so. It's like, well, you never gave it a good, a good shot. So basically, I've just tricked you into executive coaching me for about 10 minutes here. <laughs> um, so I'm very grateful for all that insight. I know the listeners will be as well. I think the, the big insights to glean out of that are, are that you set big goals as a team. You distill those goals down to the actual functional teams, and everyone commits yep. to those big goals. Um, so let's talk about your BHAG, 100 million. How are you going to get there? And do you have any other big goals you're marching towards on the way? Yeah. Okay. So, so with the the one hundred million, of course, that is a is a BHAG. It's a lot of people. We're at well, we're we're past one million now. Um, but look, it comes from our perspective. It comes down to market expansion and product expansion. So that is why we're going into Western Europe and opening an office in Germany uh, later on this this year. Uh, we'll also be going into Asia and opening an office in in Singapore to expand our our footprint. Um, but it's not just the fitness industry. We have other industries we can go into, such as corporate wellness and and others that I'll um, I'll, I'll keep confidential for now because we're working on the business plan and 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 don't want to get too far ahead of it. But then we come back to the product and say, okay, how can we expand the product where, you know, this is this is um, what we're selling at the moment, but how can we be additive to that to um, uh, to have a, a greater impact and, and, and uh, achieve network effects with the, the users that we've got? So, yeah, it all comes down to strategic planning and taking that, that big picture view. Um, but really, when you look three to five years out, it is, and, and I'll take this from um, uh, the Rockefeller Habits and, and the book Scaling Up, it's nothing more than a wide-angle guess. You know, three to five years away, it really is hard to goal set for that. Just like a BHAG of 10 years from now is really hard to set, but at least you know what the BHAG is. With a three to five-year goal, that's a wide-angle guess, but that one-year goal for us is something that we can execute on, and that's how we, we break it down. Um, so, yeah, we've got a whole bunch of, of initiatives that we will be growth hacking to, to see uh, to see what works. And, and, and growth hacking is essentially where you come up with creative ideas to, to get growth. Um, and then, um, you know, you use your right brain to do that through brainstorming techniques and whatnot. Then you put it to the test and you analyze it with your left brain based on, hey, if I, um, you know, have a, have a controlled test whereby we, we add this feature, does it cause more engagement, more sales, whatever it may be. If it does, great, let's roll it out and let's come up with the next idea. Um, so there is a process to, to that growth. Um, but other goals, um, you know, it, it's really interesting when I, 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 you just jogged my memory when I, I was talking about the, the traffic light system. You know, my wife and I sat down at the start of the year and I've always been a big goal setter with personal goals and whatnot. Um, and I sat down with my wife and did our own personal goals. And the kids are now at that age where they kind of get goal setting there, the fourth grade and the second grade, so elementary age. Um, and what we did was we said, okay, let's let's come up with some goals for you based on um, your health. So that would be nutrition and exercise. Um, then on relationships, so that would be with each other, but also with your inner sanctum at school um, and also the broader um, social group at school. Um, then you've got your schooling, so reading, writing, and arithmetic, and, and whatnot. And then you've got extracurricular activities as well, basketball, dancing, diving, you name it. And we listed them all out. And um, every week on Sunday, we go through it. And this is a bit geeky, but it's on, a, on an Excel spreadsheet. We list it out, and they vote as to how they're all going. So under nutrition, for example, um, 
the goal there is to have less than 12 grams of sugar a day. My kids actually know that they shouldn't have more than 12 grams of sugar a day. They get it. And so if they've had a donut earlier that morning and then they ask for hot chocolates and something in the afternoon, it's kind of like, hey, you had your donut earlier. You, you've hit your 12 grams. And they, they kind of get that now. Um, and anyway, on a Sunday, we'll go through it and we'll say, okay, you know, Riggs, let, let, let's go, buddy. What, what colour are you going to give it? Your nutrition, is it red, orange or green? And you see, you know, they've got this vote and they sit there and they think about it and they're like, hmm, you know what, I'm going to give it a green or, or, yeah, you know what, I've had a lot of ice cream and um, blah, blah, blah. You know, my sugar, I'm going to give it an orange. Now, if they give something a red and my daughter on Sunday gave her personal relationships at school with her in a, in a sanctum a red, mm. right? And it's like, right, red flag, awesome. Then we have this slide deck where all the issues are. And I just go to the slide deck and add a slide going, okay, what's the issue? It's Samantha. There's, you know, girl issues going on in the fourth grade, right? It's like, great. Okay, Samantha, what's the girl issue? Let's talk about it. Oh, she's jealous because I'm now friends with Jacinta, so on and so forth. And then we do a start, stop, keep doing. Right, what are we going to start doing? Oh, I'm going to be more inclusive and make sure that she plays with us at, at, at lunchtime. Right, what will we stop doing? I'm going to stop playing with Jacinta one-on-one. What are we going to keep on doing? I'm going to keep whatever it may be, right? And it literally takes 30 seconds. So it was a red flag. We create a slide for it. We go through all the goals. This whole process takes us 20, 30 minutes. We split and we come back to it next Sunday. Um, but during the week, because it's on Google Drive, I've got it on my phone. So if I'm picking up one from, from my daughter from diving, for example, I'll just quickly go to that going, what are the issues again? It's like, oh, that's right. She's got a, a friend issue, a, you know, girl drama, as, as, as it's called. Um, not to be sexist. I'm not being sexist. But that's what it was called. It's a different kind of drama. Yes, it is a different kind of drama. And... Uh, and I'll get in the car and driving home, I'll be like, hey, how's that issue going with, with Samantha and, and Jacinta? It was red on Sunday. How, how's your SSK going? And, and she'd be like, yeah, I started doing this and I stopped doing that and it's getting better or it's not getting better and we talk more, more about it. So I've gone on a, on a bit of a tangent there, but you, you said something or I said something and, and triggered myself. I do see goal setting and the strategy behind achieving goals and the milestones towards that and the adjustment of the strategy, the adjustment of that orchestra that I spoke of 10 minutes ago, I see that as a, as a, as a life skill. It's not just for business. It's also for raising your kids. And my wife and I have got a goal of raising um, kind and independent kids. And hey, they've only got, the 10-year-old's only got another eight years with us before she's out the door and off to college. And, and, and uh, the eight-year-old's only got another 10 years with us. So what are we doing to achieve that goal of having them being independent and kind? Well, hey, goal setting with a strategy using traffic lights and adjusting the strategy is something that um, they'll be able to use forever. I spent the entire time you spoke about that goal setting process with your family, just delighted. Um, I, I, so I don't have kids, but there are moments in time where I'm like, I should probably have kids. <laughs> that was one of them. Uh, that, that's such an interesting way to raise children and to also, also keep, ta- because you can't, you cannot feasibly be there every time they have an issue, but giving them the tools to tell you red flag, literally say, this is a red flag in my life and allow you and your wife to solve that and keep tabs on it. Um, kudos. (laughs) Yeah. And look, don't worry. I've got, I've got mates or buddies who just laugh. Are you serious? You run your family like you run your departments at work. And it's like, you know what? I know it and it works. And, uh, um, you know, it's not just the red flags. If, if something's 
a super green, right? It's a green, but you know what? It's actually super green. It's so super green, it's lime green type of thing. <laughs> Let's talk about that as well because you're winning at something at the moment. And, and my daughter with, with her diving, right? She's doing, she's made a breakthrough um, on the three meter diving board and, and a certain move, I, I forget what it's called, but um, she made a real breakthrough with it to celebrate that, to know that, oh my God, that was a goal to be able to do that, um, that backward dive forgetting the name, um, that was a goal of yours. You achieved it. It was really scary to do it because if you landed wrong, it really hurts, but you did it. Let's, let's celebrate that to know that that was a goal. It had a process behind it. You've achieved it. Feel that um, because you're going to have to um, lean on that in, in years to come when times are tough. So celebrating the wins as well as understanding where you've got to kind of keep tabs on things. It works for your family. It works for business as well. How do you celebrate wins here at MyZone? Yeah, good, good question. We, um, we have a culture here of Friday afternoon drinks, um, and uh, we, uh, we're moving office. This is literally the last month we're in this office. It's our, our startup office, but we're moving over to South, South Wacker, and when we chose the office, it was an office that needed to have a social area um, because of that culture that was was built, and and so there's a rooftop bar at, at this office and and whatnot, and yeah we um, yeah we have our meetings and, and SSKs and, and and whatnot, but we want to be able to go up on, on a Friday at, at five o'clock and shout everyone a drink and, and say hey you know we had this goal we hit it the drinks are on us type of thing. I love that. And do you, do you set any personal goals for yourself when you're setting goals with your family? What what are your big goals outside of? work? Yeah, look, I, I break it down. Um, I break it down into um, uh, health, uh, which is nutrition and um, uh, exercise. So from a nutrition perspective, it is a, you know, I've, it, my strategy at the moment is intermittent fasting, right? And I have a goal that can I do the 16-8 intermittent fasting, which is, I won't go into it, but... Um, I did that for two years. You did it for two years, <laughs> yeah. really? Yeah. Okay, so I'm six months into it. Okay. And, and sometimes I, I hit and miss, particularly if I get... Uh, whatever, um, a travel and, and whatnot. Um, but I have that. I have um, alcohol-free days, right? Because when I'm traveling at conferences, you realize that, oh my God, I'm at cocktail parties nearly every night. Um, and you string together too many nights of alcohol. So I have alcohol-free days as a goal. Um, so in conference season, literally I'll be like, hey, I've, I've used up a lot of my quota at home. I better just, you know, not have that, um, th- th- that night of beer, for example. Um, and then... Uh, it, uh, and, and then, um, uh, you know, hitting your macros and, and whatnot. So that would be nutrition um, and with exercise, it's MEPS. It's our point system with mm-hmm. the, the exercise. Uh, and I have that. Then I have my business goals, right? Then I have my financial goals. Then I have my goals with, uh, with my relationships. And, um, yeah, and, and, you know, with my wife, for example, if we're not spending enough time and we're not doing that date night and, and things like this and everything gets a, a little bit tense, we will vote that we've got an orange. And that orange, and if we see too many weeks in a row of an orange, it'll be like, hey, we haven't been able to crack that and send it back to green. I've been traveling, you've been busy, the kids have been fighting, just life stresses, and we haven't been on a date night for over six weeks. Let's get one in the books. And that pretty much solves it every time. So you've talked a lot about goals. Yeah. You've talked about your goals here at MyZone. And you mentioned a lot of resources yeah. along the way. Are there any resources or tools or tricks uh, for goal setting that you haven't talked about that you love and use and refer to? I said, okay, Gina, given we're in this, this conference room and given we've got the MyZone strategy poster next to you, um, I think we're going to have to take a photo of this, um, you know, but for the listeners who are driving the car right now, um, let me 
describe it to you. It is a boat in the middle of a river. There is a North Star at the top of the page, which is our mission, and the boat is sailing towards that North Star. On either side of the river are riverbanks, and on the left-hand side are our KPIs, on the right-hand side are our values. Um, and the whole theory is that the team is on that boat, and if we breach a value, the, the, the boat becomes beached and it's up to the team to push it back into the middle of the river. If we don't hit a KPI, the boat becomes beached on the left-hand side and it's up to the team to push ourselves and, and get us back in the, uh, in the middle of the river. Then there is a school of fish off to the side and that school of fish is our addressable market, right? So that's, that's what we're trying to achieve. Um, we have a fisherman on the front of the boat and he's got a fishing rod and that fishing rod has got bait and tackle and, and so on. That's the marketing mix of product, price, place and promotion. That's how we're going to um, uh, catch those fish right there. However, there are five rocks in the middle of the river and we have to avoid those rocks. That's known as Porter's Five Forces, which are the forces that affect your um, your margin in the product. Um, and those, uh, those forces are your existing rivals, your threat of new entrants, the threat of substitutes, the buying power of your suppliers and the buying power of your buyers. Those five things, according to Michael Porter, will erode your margin. So you need to navigate them. Then you've got this headwind going on or, or tailwind. Um, there we do a pestle analysis uh, where we look at the political environment, the economical, the social, the technical, the environmental and the legal, and we rate them on a scale of minus 10 to positive 10, right? And then when we add them all up, if it's a positive number, it's a tailwind. And if it's a negative number, it's a bit of a headwind. And there's a, there's a severity to that. So the, the number could be between positive 60 and, and, and minus 60. Then what we've got is we've got this castle at the very bottom of the page with a, a moat around it, which is protecting the crown jewel. The crown jewel is our competitive advantage and we need to protect that and we need to put a moat around it. Um, stolen from Warren Buffett's analogy of having a wide moat around a business. So that's where the crown jewel is. Out the back of the boat is all this wake, um, as you can imagine, coming out of a speedboat. That's feedback. So that's net promoter score. That's surveys. That's whatever it may be coming from the industry. Um, and then uh, we have got on the boat itself, we've got the um, people, process and technology, which is basically the operating model. You know, how do people work with processes and technology to get this boat moving forward? And that there in a visual is the business that we're in. Now, I haven't gone into any details of who the addressable market is or what our market forces are or, or, or what our KPIs are, but at a top level, that's what I've created. And the reason I did it was to explain the big picture strategy of our business to new employees and to frontline employees so they could see what it is that we're going on about. Um, and uh, yeah, more than happy to... Uh, to share a photo of this, I don't think there's anything to... Um, we'll, we'll scrub it of yeah. Tam and... and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, th there's a few details in there, yeah. but, but it's just a really good visual yeah. to help explain strategy. And this is where we're going. These are our KPIs. They're the values that we live by. That's our target market. Look out for these rocks because if you hit them, your margin's going to be eroded. We have to have a competitive advantage and get a big uh, a big moat around it. Let's be honest about what headwinds or tailwinds are in the industry and, and so on and so forth. Emmett Williams, you have a life outside of my zone as a professor of no. goals. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining me on the We Got Goals podcast. Thanks very much for having me, Gina. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. Don't be upset when I'm not around. Just know I'll be back, so no need to frown. This podcast is a sweatlife.com production, and it's another thing that's better with friends. So please 
share it with yours. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you have a chance to leave us a rating or a review while you're there, we would really appreciate it. That helps other goal getters find the show. Special thanks to Jay Mono for our theme music, to our guest this week, Emmett Williams, to Ryan Deffitt for editing, and of course, thanks to you, our listeners.